Welcome to the Reunion Church Podcast. We're a community following Jesus, seeking the good of our city. We hope today's teaching is both challenging and encouraging. If we could be a resource to you on your spiritual journey, don't hesitate to reach out via our website at reunionnyc.com. Awesome. Well, thank you, Russell, and good morning, Reunion. It's good to be with you again. Uh, just to get started, I don't always sound like this. I traveled a little bit this week, and the whole like winter cold virus thing is happening, so I don't want to name words that we're all sort of like in PTSD about, but I checked with the doctor. I'm actually okay. I just am a little congested. I sound congested because I am congested, and so if you stay there, I'll stay here, and uh, I was like, man, do I really, do I have the energy to do this? Should I do this? People are going to judge me, and I was like, I'm not letting Russell down. I want to be with my reunion people, and Thank God, God's word is more powerful than this silly cold, right? So I'm expectant about what God's doing this morning and through you and your church as we think about Advent and the themes of Advent and Christmas. And so um, if you brought your Bible or you have your app open, and maybe it'll be on the screen as well, I want to read from Luke chapter 2 and then jump into our text today. So two small verses from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 13 through 14. This is what it says. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Our big idea this morning from the Gospel of Luke, as we're in this season of waiting and anticipating the coming Lord Jesus, as we lean into the larger narrative of the Gospels and wait for Jesus to to show up again, as we think about Christmas, the larger idea for this uh, topic today, as we look at Luke chapter 2, is that the angels bring and herald, they announce an inbreaking to the shepherds in this word, peace. Peace is coming to humanity. Now, I don't know about you, but the last time I was visited by an angelic being was, I'm not really sure. I don't know if you've ever been visited by a glowing, hovering, levitating, you know, winged, haloed, wearing creature. Raise your hand. Does that literally happen to anybody? I don't know. The last time some floating, transparent, haloed being is in front of you, I, I don't know. But if that actually happened to me, if I were the the shepherds that day, I think you would have to say a lot more than the word peace to me in order for me to feel any sense of peace. Are you with me? Why not send an incognito angel? This is an old photograph, and I would give credit, or painting, I'd give credit to whoever it was, but the website I stole it from on the internet did not actually give credit either, so we're just, uh, you know, use our imagination here. But this is a, an artist's depiction of what it might have looked like to be shepherds in this particular field and, uh, and, and be visited suddenly by this angelic being. You can have a sense of how these white people, uh, which I'm sure, I'm sure they were absolutely white shepherds in Palestine and Israel back then. I'm totally sure this is an, a, a, you know, an accurate depiction. But regardless of their ethnicity or race, these guys are, they're terrified. Uh, they're scared. They're shocked. There's a sense of, of, of awe. I, I, the, the, the young man in the, on the ground, he's kind of like scratching his head, like perplexed. There's this sense of like, what is happening right now? You know, can you put yourself there? Can you put yourself in those shoes? And if I'm the God of the universe that's omnipresent and omnipotent, that means always present and always powerful, that there's nothing beyond the scope of this great God, wouldn't you pick something other than like a floating, glowing angel? I don't know. It's just me. Maybe pick 
Maybe, just maybe, pick, pick a shepherd from a neighboring field to like stroll by. Maybe it could be like a shape-shifting sort of like situation where like neighbor shepherd guy shows up and be like, hey, I know I look familiar, but I'm actually a messenger from Jesus. You know, God, he's coming and he's got a message for you and the message is peace. Don't you think that that might have been a little bit more better received? More better. We're good at English this morning. Don't you think that that might actually be uh, uh, received a little bit, a, a little bit more um, like, yes, this is a message that I'm ready for. Like the medium is the message or the message is the medium. Then I don't know, maybe God would have thought about doing something different, but Jesus or God doesn't do it that way. He sends an angel. That's what the story tells us anyway. And despite the, the startling reality of being arrested by this floating angelic being, the message is peace. And I'm actually glad that God did it the way God did it. Because at times in my own life, um, I need peace. I'd be lying to you if I tried to tell you that everything was good, that I knew exactly how I was going to afford all of the, the, the Christmas responsibilities that are coming up in the next couple of weeks. I, I, I would love to be able to tell you that mental health challenges haven't visited my family and my apartment, but that would be a lie. I wish I could tell you that, um, that I didn't miss my daughter who's studying for four years in college in Europe. I wish I could tell you that I'm doing okay with that, but I can't. And if we had time, I would go through all of the stories, if you dared to care. Some of you look like you do, others don't. I'm not going to point which one is which out at this point. But if you did care, I could tell you story after story of the ways that, at times, I will go to sleep at night filled with anxiety and not peace. Anybody? And so we need peace. There, there's this, uh, I think, the, the, not just you and I, but our, our very world is crying out for peace. Maybe it's a, an internal battle with broken ways of thinking that you picked up as a child simply to cope and get by. Maybe you're believing the lies that other people have told you about who you are, or you just are really good at lying to yourself, and you need internal peace in your mind or your heart. Maybe you, like me, have broken relationships in your family because sometimes people are messy, and everybody else is broken, and I'm actually really good at relationships. Amen? I see that. So, I have a family member who is the matriarch of part of our family in the scope of things, and I'm pretty sure they had the internet but don't know how to stream things, so I'm not going to get real specific, but just in case they happen to be listening to this at some point in the future, I won't name names, but the matriarch of this part of the family believes that her adult daughter is stealing from her after her dad died, and for four years now they haven't spoken what, how does that happen? There's no proof, there's no evidence. It's just like the family's just decided that this is, this is the way it's going to be. And so we all now have to pick different sides of like, how, who's going to talk to so-and-so? Who's going to be a bridge? There's broken relationships. Maybe there's broken tension or betrayal or unmet expectations in your life as well. Listen, we need peace. Somehow we made it through another SantaCon. Amen? I was, I was almost trampled nine times yesterday by Mrs. Claus or a whole pack of them. I don't know how they do this, but for another year we made it through. Thank God for that peace. We can all breathe a little better this morning. Jokes aside, though, we could, again, name the names of all the different ways that we need peace. We could just turn on the news or look online and realize that uh, we need a lot more than a ceasefire 
in Israel and Palestine right now that sometimes our bodies are physically broken and we need physical peace. I don't know if you know this or not, but another presidential cycle is upon us in America. We need peace. Amen? I don't want to belabor the point. We're all on the same page, I think. And so in our teaching text this morning, an angel shows up to these shepherds who are just going about their own business, minding their own business, and this angel offers a promise of divine peace. And this morning, maybe as we look at this story, we could put ourselves in the shoes of the shepherds and we could as well encounter the Jesus of Advent and look at this peace, see what this peace looks like. So the very first thing I want us to notice about this story, a point I want to draw out from this experience, this encounter, is that Advent peace is present with our pain. Advent peace sees our present reality. Advent peace is up close. You see, the angels burst onto the scene declaring this Christmas peace had come. So what kind of peace is this? What I want you to know from the very beginning is this angel used a word called peace, and he wasn't talking about a past experience of peace that we could somehow draw some hope from. This angel wasn't talking about peace that's going to come one day in the future that we could sort of like lean into and just like fingers crossed, yes, God, may it be so. This angel brought a word, and that peace, that word peace was for today. It was for in that moment, for what those shepherds were going through. It is about a future reality that we lean into and know about now as people of faith. But that word peace was, was for that moment. Not only that, the, the angel shows up and was present with them, wasn't he? The angel didn't send a note. There wasn't a banner or a message written in the sand. The angel showed up and was present. He was there. He was physical. A couple years ago, I was meeting with a leadership mentor of mine, and we were going through a couple-of-day workshop and this experience, and it was beautiful and, 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 and effective. But at one point in my conversation with my friend Dan, it got to be um, a little emotional, and I was sharing some pain from my own life, some loss, some grief, and it was emotional for me. And Dan uh, rightly observed that it was appropriate for us to take a time out, a little break in the process. And so we did. He said, why don't you take five minutes, walk around the backyard, get some fresh air. And so we stood up and he said, but before you step outside, I wonder if I could give you a hug. And there's two grown men with our families and our reputations and nobody else looking around. And it was just the two of us. But he said, let me give you a hug if that's okay with you. And I said, yes. And so I fell into Dan's arms and Dan gave me the biggest like grandfather, like bear hug you could possibly ever imagine. And um, the tears just kept flowing, <laughs> if I'm going to be honest, but it was healing. Dan recognized what the angel did in that moment with the, with the shepherds, that I needed peace. I needed somebody to be present with me in my pain. Dan offered me that gift that day. Peace that is real. Peace that is present. Peace that is not just ethereal or philosophical. It's not just to be hoped for, but it is real. And so I want us to look at the rest of our time. I just want to wonder if we could just like look at a couple of stories, also from the Gospel of Luke. We're going to skip ahead to chapter 8. Just two stories that I want us to look at to draw two more realities about what this Advent peace can look like in our present actual lives. Is that okay with you guys? Great. Peace, number one, peace that is present. Number two, this Advent peace calms storms. This Advent peace calms storms. Now there's a story in Luke chapter 8 
Jesus gets into a boat. He's with his disciples. This is in verses 22 through 24. Jesus gets into this boat, and he says, let's go over to the other side of the lake. And so they get in the boat, him and his disciples, and as they're sailing across this lake, Jesus falls asleep. He's in the bottom of the boat. He's asleep. And then the story tells us in Luke chapter 8 that this giant squall, this huge storm shows up out of nowhere. Maybe some of you have heard the story. The boat was being overcome by water and the disciples are freaking out and the scriptures say that they were in great danger. Somebody say great danger. Great danger. That, yes, you sound terrified, all of you. Verse 20, like walking through a Santa Con mob yesterday. We were in great danger. Jesus, please rescue us. Literally, it's not even important. Let's move on. So, twenty, verse twenty-four. <laughs> verse twenty-four says the disciples went and they woke him up, saying, "Quote, Master, Master, we're going to drown." You ever felt like you're drowning? Jesus gets up, rebukes the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided, and all was calm. Now, I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what kind of storm is is swamping your boat, as it were. But later on, the disciples in their relationship with Jesus have this opportunity to realize that Jesus can actually speak to the storms of life, can actually calm the winds and the rain and the waves. And the disciples go to Jesus and they ask him, and Jesus then does that and he rescues them from the storm quite literally. And what I wonder is as we begin to slow down in this moment as you and I begin to consider what it means to come face to face with Advent peace, with the person of Jesus, I wonder what storm is going on in your life that you would actually say to Jesus, I'm drowning here, man. This is not going really well for me. It might feel like your entire life is stuck in a storm. It might just be one little spot. It might be your finances like we've already mentioned. It could be mental health. I don't know what it is for you. You might actually be okay, but you can think back to a point in your life when there was a storm, or there might be a storm brewing, because this is what I know about being a human being. The storm is always coming. There's all, there, there will be another storm. It's not, a, it's not a if, but when. And so do we have what it takes to wake Jesus up to say, hey, Jesus, I'm not doing okay here. Will you calm this storm? And here's the beautiful promise and reality about the way of Jesus and life with Jesus as followers of Jesus is he not only has the power to do it, but because Advent peace shows up in his present, he will do it. He can speak to the storm in your life and calm the waves and settle the wind and stop the rain. This is the Jesus that I believe in and that I read about in the Scriptures. I think this is the kind of Jesus that the angel had in his mind when he said to the shepherds, peace will rest on those whom God's favor is upon them. This is the Advent peace that Jesus is bringing. So what peace do you need to calm the storms in your life? What storm is brewing where you would say, Jesus, please help. And number three, uh, I want to look at another story, but the, the, the point of, of, uh, of this next text that I want us to see is that this kind of Advent peace restores the whole person. It brings whole restoration. This story is a little bit more involved. It's a little bit bigger, so we won't take the time to read the whole thing. I'll just like you know summarize it for us. But also in Luke chapter 8, we'll skip ahead a little bit, beginning in verse 27, there's this story where Jesus, after he calms the storm, the boat gets to the other side, and Jesus gets out of the boat, and we're told in Luke chapter 8 that Jesus encounters this demon-possessed individual, this man who's been living by himself, 
naked and not afraid because the show hadn't been released yet. But he's naked and other people are afraid of him. Okay, And he's running around the countryside just causing all kinds of chaos and havoc. People are terrified to walk in that part of the region. And he's got so many demons that they call this guy Legion. Just to simply get a sense of how many demons are in this person. And so Jesus encounters this demon-possessed man. And the Scriptures tell us that when this demon-possessed man sees Jesus, he cries out, falls down at Jesus' feet, and he shouts at the top of his lungs, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, please don't torture me. And Jesus, the story tells us, commands the evil spirits to come out of this man. All of those evil spirits jump into, transfer into this giant like herd of swine. The pigs throw themselves off of this cliff and drown themselves into the, into the sea. And this man is completely restored. Because later on in the story, it tells us that, that this once naked, terrified, demon-possessed human being is now completely restored to his normal, dignified life. This is what an encounter with Jesus does. Later on in the Scriptures, we find out that when the good news of Jesus and His coming kingdom is announced, prisoners are set free, naked are clothed, the hungry are fed. Anybody, anybody with me? That the actual kingdom of God restores what's been taken away from you. So Jesus casts these demons out. And Jesus' peace shows up. And this man who used, to be, who used to live in a cave is now got a home. He's restored in every facet of his life. Jesus' peace restores this person back to dignity. Now, Hopefully you've never lived in a cave. Uh, hopefully you've never been demon-possessed. Hopefully you've never been running around uh, in society without clothing on. This is New York, and if any of those things are true, it probably still won't be the weirdest thing that you will see in a given day. But my guess is none of those things are specifically true for you, and yet there's probably areas of your life that desperately need to be restored. I don't want to ever be uh, treated or known or defined by the worst thing I've ever said or done, and neither do you, and at times our society kind of feels like that's how they're going to treat us and see us, and let's be honest, sometimes that's how we treat ourselves. You and I treat ourselves as though we are literally the summation of the worst thing we've ever done or said. Forget about the pressure from the outside world, it's our own pressure and brokenness and missed expectations that we place on ourselves. And so maybe the restoration that you need in your life isn't economic or relational. Maybe it's mental. Maybe it's emotional. But whatever the case may be, Advent peace, the hope of Advent is that this peace can restore you. It can restore the broken ways that you think about yourself or the broken relationships that are in your life. I was working through another family uh, dynamic drama recently where uh, some siblings are not getting along. I know that's very strange, but it happens even, even as adults. And uh, just trying to help to, to my brother and brother-in-law work through some stuff because expectations weren't met. And so trying to figure out, like, what's the high road and, 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 and what are boundaries like and, and uh, how do, you, how do you kind of create space so that you're not being manipulated, but you also are being empathetic? And it's challenging. It's hard. People are tricky, aren't they? 
So we had to figure out a way to like enter into this space where restoration was restored, where there was, uh, there was harmony and friendship restored to this part of our family again. This is what Jesus does. Jesus shows up and he brings peace to the broken places. He did it for this demonic... This is just one story in the Scriptures, by the way. If we had time, we could get into a lot more. But this is just one story that I wanted to point out about what it looks like. When the, when the angel announced peace to the shepherds, this is possibly part of what it could look like because this is what Jesus showed up later to actually do. And so while both of these stories... Jesus in a boat in a storm with the disciples and Jesus casting out demons on the side of a hill one day with this demon-possessed man. While they feel like maybe they're a world away from our daily experience, I'm not sure the last time you were in a small boat or saw a demonized man living in a cave, but truly these are different experiences from a different time, but we also can recognize and admit that we need restoration, that we need peace, that there are storms in our lives that need to be calmed. And I just wonder, like, if we could get really practical for just a couple of seconds here, like in your life this morning, um, where, where is fear holding court for you in your life? Like, the disciples were terrified in that boat, right? They were terrified. They did not know if they were going to make it, literally. And at times, the chaos and storm in our lives can make us feel like we're not, we're not really sure which way is up or how, if we're going to get through it, if we're being honest. So ultimately, that's fear. And I just wonder if... And maybe not even a dramatic way, but just like you would hear the words of the Holy Spirit. You would, you would come face to face with the peace of Jesus, and Jesus would, would calm the storm of fear in your life. That the inbreaking of Advent, the thing that we're waiting for, we don't have to wait for. That Jesus promises peace today, that you do not have to be held captive to fear or to anxiety or to the brokenness in your life. I think about the the demonized character from Luke chapter 8, and he's being controlled by inner forces. So maybe practically for you this morning, it is a, a, a broken tape just on repeat over and over and over again that just reminds you of the different ways that you messed up and that you're a failure. And maybe this morning you would just say, Jesus, I'd like for that tape to stop today. And I, I promise you, friends, the, the God of the Bible wants that to stop for you as well. The, the, the uncontrollable inner forces that just keep playing and, and motivating us to, to, to be the people that we don't want to be. I just wonder if Jesus would just bring his peace to you today, if Advent peace means giving you that gift, because I think that's what's in the heart of God for you as well. And maybe none of these situations are true for you right now. Maybe, like I said before, you're in a good situation, praise God. And so you could actually be the voice of peace. You could be the person, you could be that sort of and maybe you're not going to float and you're not going to wear a literal halo and your wings won't pop out of your back when you come to a moment when you get to offer peace to somebody else, but I promise you it can be just as powerful because this is the scandalous beauty of the Gospels, which is God gives away his title, his story, his light to you and I. As we follow him, we get to show up in the world that's broken and needs peace and be able to make that same proclamation, be able to give that same gift. So friends, Christmas then is not just empty hope for world peace. It's remembering how God in Christ actually brought peace on earth. That first Christmas and every Christmas since. So that this past historical reality isn't just the ground for a certain hope in the future. It's an act of hope and defiance and peace today that you and I can offer, that you and I can receive first and live in 
and then establish and give an offer to others. So, what storm is brewing in your life? What voices are louder that seem so loud and pervasive today? The Advent season this morning, friends, Reunion Church, is that Jesus shows up. He showed up. He will show up again, and he's showing up this morning. Real and present and close peace that will calm the storms of your life. It has that power and will restore the broken places of your story and will reestablish ultimately peace once and for all in his coming kingdom. That's the story that we're a part of, and that's the peace that we get to proclaim as followers of Jesus. Amen? Let's pray.